0: Good morning again, and welcome to our final message in our series, "Trending Half Truths." For those here, for those gathering us online, it's great to have you here. Self Uh, care—we hear that word a lot in our world today. Uh, Maybe you've heard someone say, "I need to lower my cholesterol," "I need to get better sleep at night." I need to cut down on soft drinks like Mountain Dew. Uh, Maybe you've heard I I need to eat more vegetables. Uh, Maybe you've heard someone say that, or maybe even you yourself have thought that at times. Uh, It's not uncommon in our world today. So what really is self-care when we think about it? Well, uh, let's take a look at some diagrams. This is what our culture, society, would say is self-care. Uh, Some of those things would be spending time alone. I'm not sure if that's healthy or not, perhaps. Uh, Putting yourself first. I I wonder if that's really true all the time when it comes to serving as Christ did. Asking for what you need. Setting boundaries. Yep. Staying at home. Again, I wonder if that's self care. Uh, Saying no. Forgiving yourself. Taking a step back, right? So some of these things we would look at and say, yep, that's. That's okay, that's good self-care. Other things I think we would question say, I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, Another diagram that we can look at. Uh, This is another one I found. Um, Awareness, kindness, choices, attention, priorities, curiosity and exploration. It's like, hmm, is that self-care, I wonder? Uh, Sounds like a path to trouble, maybe. Um, community, to slow down, support, pleasure. Well, what, what kind of pleasure are we talking about? Uh, and acceptance. So again, another diagram. This is what our world, our culture would say. These are some of the essentials to self-care. And then I found about a dozen definitions, but I, I chose this one. If we can look at that definition, uh, the practice of taking an active role in protecting. I thought that was an interesting word. In protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress, expressing oneself is an essential form of self-care. What does that mean to express oneself as far as self-care, right? So we can look at all these things, some of these things from our world and and go, is that really self-care or not, right? So that's what we're going to take on today. We're going to look at, and maybe to get started, when we look at our culture, when we look at our world, there are definitely entities, uh, people, institutions, that want to help you with self-care. You think about science, technology, medicine. They're all about that. As long as you can pay for them, right? You, You can't see very well, well, here are glasses for you. You can't hear very well, well, here's a hearing aid you cut yourself, here's a band-aid, you have a headache, boop, there's an aspirin for you. Right? So there are all these things that our culture in our world offer to us as far as self-care. And they're a blessing and they're good, and we say, Thank you, God. But at the same time, there are things that our world, our culture would say, this is self-care, and we gotta go, oh, is that really true? For example, pleasure was up on one of those diagrams. Well, what kind of pleasure are we talking about? I'm talking about like pornography, like, well, you can look at this, it's legal as long as that person is 18 years or older, you know, is, is that the pleasure we're talking about? Or or maybe it's the pleasure of substance abuse, like, hey, tobacco, marijuana, alcohol, I mean, as, as long as you're over 18, as long as you're 21, and as long as you're in the right state, you know, you you can make use of those things, those are good things for your self-care and health. So we look at those things and go, I think those are half-truths, right? So when it comes to our culture, when we look at our world, yes, there are some parts of it, good, healthy, yep, self-care, other parts that are not, right? So how do we approach this? How do we look at this to take on subject matter like this today? Well, let me begin by saying, Pastor Tim gave me this subject today, and I just went, wow. Wow. Because when it comes to self-care, it's a huge subject that covers so much. I mean, it could probably be six or seven sermons. We're not going to do that this morning. It could be a Bible study of eight, ten lessons to talk about all the different aspects when it comes to physical, emotional, spiritual, right? So how are we going to approach this? How are we going to look at it today? We're going to look at a lot of Bible passages, and we're going to look at the basics. That's what we're going to look at today as we take on this subject. And so when we look at self-care, there's a couple things we want to keep in mind. Um, The Bible has many different kinds of literature in it. Uh, There's prophetic literature, like Revelation. There is historical books. There is wisdom literature. We have all these different kinds of literature that, that God tells us things. And as we look at these books and the different literature that God has given to us, some of the writing that God gives to us is what we call descriptive writing. In other words, God is describing a situation. He's not saying do this, but he's describing a situation. When we look at scripture, there's also prescriptive writing. Prescriptive, like you go to the doctor to get a prescript- prescription. Do this. And so sometimes we look at passages, God says do this or don't do this. So just we want to keep that in mind as we look at the passages we're going to look at today. So we look at scripture, does God have a plan of self-care? Well, yes and no. Old Testament, there was a plan of self-care. We call it the Sabbath day. God said to his people, you will rest physically, emotionally, spiritually. You're going to set apart that day, and that's your plan of care. And then when it came to food, God said, here's your diet. Uh, You can't eat pork. Sorry, can't eat that. Uh, But veggies, chicken, fish, nuts, fruits, all of that, you can eat. And maybe as an asterisk on that, we might add that it was organic food, right? No processed foods at the time. But Old Testament plan of care, self-care, this is what God said, here it is, right? New Testament people, we have Christian freedom. God does not say, here's the time, place, rest, Spiritually, physically, emotionally. We don't, we don't have the Sabbath day. God now gives us freedom. You pick the time and place where you can find rest and care for yourself. And then as far as diet, God says you can eat pork and you can eat all these other foods, but you decide in moderation how much and where you want to eat them. So we have Christian freedom. So how do we approach this then? Well, let's look at some passages. I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about the physical and then end on the spiritual and emotional. So these are some of the passages that we run into. Book of Ephesians. Uh, Paul says, After all, no one hated his own body, but they care and feed for their body, just as Christ does the church. So the context here is, um, Paul's talking about marriage. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he makes a comparison, descriptive language to say, no one ever hated his body. So there's the assumption that a good husband is going to take care of his body. In other words, we, we want to take care of what God has given to us. On another passage, First uh, Timothy, uh, Paul said this, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. In other words, spiritual truth, godliness, is the most important thing. Description, comparison, yep, physical training, there's there's something to that. There's some worth it, but it is not as important as godliness. Another passage, uh, our next one, uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul's writing to them, if one part of the body suffers every part suffers. So the context, again, the body of Christ, body of believers, you're supporting each other, encouraging each other, helping each other, and the assumption, the comparison example, the description is, right, if one one part of the body suffers, every part suffers. So, again, we want to take care of our bodies. And so the simple scriptural truth that we look, when we look at these passages, is simply this. We're not going to say any more or any less, but our first takeaway is this is that physical training is of some value. We'll talk more about that when we look at Christ. But physical training is of some value. This is one thing the Bible tells us about our bodies. So what else do we learn when we look at passages? Um, Old Testament, King David said this in the Psalm. He said, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When David reflected on his body, wow. I mean, we can think and we can make things and build things and the systems within our body, the immune system and our brains and everything our bodies can do, incredible, right? Remarkable what God has blessed us with and given to us. And so it's simply this, this truth, that God has given us incredible bodies that can do incredible things. Well, what else does Scripture show us about our physical self-care? So we have bodies that, yep, some physical activity is good. We have incredible bodies. How else does Scripture uh, describe our bodies? Uh, Timothy, in 2 Corinthians and Peter, Paul and Peter call our bodies tents, right? And if you know anything about a tent, they don't last forever. And maybe you're that person who has a tent at home, or in your shed that has a zipper that doesn't work. And you have that, I have one of those, right? And my point in saying that is, like, tents don't last forever. If you're an outside camper, you use them for a while, but you realize this tent's not going to be here forever. How else does um, the the Bible describe our bodies? As jars of clay, right, jars of clay. If you have a flower pot, a clay flower pot, and you, you drop it, you know what's going to happen. It's not going to hold up very well. So it shows us that our bodies are temporary. right? 1 Corinthians tells us the body that is sown, perishable. In other words, from the day that we are born, there is an expiration date stamped on our body. And only God knows when that expiration date is. And so it simply tells us our bodies are not going to last forever in this life. And a final takeaway, the book of Romans chapter 7. uh, Paul is talking about this struggle in Romans chapter 7. The good I want to do, I don't do. The evil I don't want to do. This I keep on doing. And he makes a reference to our body. Say, who will rescue me from this body of death? Another picture of our body. So physical training is of some value. We have a wonderful body. We have temporary bodies. And another truth that comes out in 1 Corinthians. So our takeaway here, our bodies are temporary. They don't last forever. And maybe a final thought on this when we think about the physical. We look at another passage from 1 Corinthians. Um, Paul said, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Therefore, honor God with your body. So prescriptive passage. Do this, don't do this. The context here is sexual immorality. God says to his people, don't use your body that way. Self-care, God would say, don't do that. No self-harm, cutting yourself, or things like that. Don't. Right, fifth commandment, preserve life. So we look at all of these things that scripture touches on, some descriptive passages, some prescriptive passages, And we arrive to the question, I think this is really the question, how well do we do some of these things? Right? How well? Um, There's a person I know in my life, and maybe you know someone like this too. Um, This person will exercise like five to six times a week, religiously. And this person does not eat a whole lot of meat, which personally I find troubling but doesn't eat a whole lot of meat, veggies, carbs, this person will eat. Um, this person gets pretty regular and good sleep most of the time. Uh, this person also finds time to kind of take a rest and take a break. This person will read a book or or play piano uh, to kind of get away. And if and if you would ask me, do you know someone who does pretty well with self-care, I would say this person does a pretty good job, at least compared to me. Right? But that's not really the question. The question is, do we do it perfectly? Do we take perfect self-care of ourselves physically? And the obvious answer is, no, we can't do it perfectly. And that is why I think it is so interesting to look at Christ. Because obviously Jesus practiced perfect self-care. He must have, if you think about it, he's the perfect, sinless Son of God. He did everything perfectly. He must have practiced perfect self care. Well, think about that for a moment. What did that mean, and what did that not mean? Well, what did it mean? Uh, Jesus walked to most places, right? Physical training. He, he walked to certain places. Uh, as far as diet, right? Old Testament law no pork, right? Vegetables, chicken, he ate those things. And if you think about it, he must have always eaten them in moderation. Like he didn't use his stomach as a trash compactor. right? So he would have done all of those things perfectly. right? But look what Jesus didn't do. And I think this is a half-truth for some of us as Christians. Jesus was not out running five or six days a week. He wasn't doing that. Got self-care. Come on, disciples, let's go, right? He, he wasn't doing that, nor did he go to the gym. Oh, pump iron. Jesus didn't do that either, right? And so when we think about half-truths and, and things going on in our world, for some of us as Christians, when we think about self-care, it's like, I got to get to the gym. And is it really about self-care or is it about self-show? Boy, don't you wish you looked like I did. So we look at Jesus, the sinless Son of God, who always practiced self-care, perfect self-care. And when we think about the substitutionary work of Christ, whatever Christ has done, whatever he has accomplished, it belongs to me. That is how God looks at me through Christ. And so our takeaway is simply this, that Jesus' perfect physical care is your perfect self care? That's true. Jesus' perfect physical self care is your perfect self care. Right? And how wonderful that is. When we think about the physical, that is how God looks at us through Christ. And that is our takeaway, and that's our peace and our comfort when it comes to self-care physically. Well, what about spiritually and emotionally? You see, that's really where the rubber hits the road in Scripture because the Bible has a lot to say about our emotional well-being and how it ties in with our spiritual well-being. For example, in this passage that we read earlier, King David said, Restore to me the joy, emotional, Of your salvation, spiritual, and grant me a willing spirit, emotional, to sustain me spiritually. Right? So, so what does that look like for us to combine and to focus on the physical and the spiritual? Well, it really begins with the ABCs, it begins with the one, two, threes. What is my relationship with God? It is simply this. Who am I? I? I am a tent. I am a clay pot. Uh, God said to Adam, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. You, you have an expiration date, God said. And so who am I before God? I, I'm nothing, in a sense. God does not owe me anything. God is absolutely constant. God is absolutely independent. He does not need anything from anyone and he doesn't owe anyone anything. Reflect on that for a moment. God doesn't owe me life. He doesn't owe me incredible bodies that can do incredible things. God doesn't owe me the blessing of faith or forgiveness or grace. God does not owe me the possessions I have, the car I drive, the home I live in. God does not owe me a great marriage, in a sense, if God has give blessed you in that way, or family, or children. God, God doesn't owe me those things. God does not owe me eternal life with him. God does not owe me any of those things, and yet God showers them upon me, restore to me the joy of your salvation. God, thank you for all that you have blessed me with, my faith life, the gifts and abilities you've given me, my family, whatever, Lord, thank you. Your mercies are new every day, Lord Jesus. You see, God sustains us emotionally and spiritually. Think of all the ways that God does that. Baptism. On the day that that person put water on my head, And through water and the Holy Spirit, faith began. God claimed you as his own and said, you belong to me, you are mine, and you are important to me, and I want you to be my child in this life. God claims us in baptism, salvation. And God says, through this life, here is this for you, given and shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. For you, not for someone else. For you, each and every one of you, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Salvation. God has given us His Word, His promises. And we look there, and God says to His disciples, and He says to us, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. In the good times and in the difficult times, God says, I'm with you. I'm not abandoning you. I will always watch over you and be with you. Peace and comfort. And God has given us faith. We are gathered here, we are watching online because the Holy Spirit has worked in our hearts and given us faith despite the sinful nature that dominated and existed in us at one time. And finally, God says to us, you are so important to me that I want you to be with me forever. When that expiration dates, I'm going to send my holy angels to take you to be with me and you will be with me and paradise, joy and salvation, emotional and spiritual, right? God combines them together. And for those of us who struggle in this way, yes, God gives other blessings. Yes, maybe therapists, maybe medication, prescription medication, support group, accountability partner, family. God gives us all these other things to support us emotionally, spiritually. But the ABCs and the one two threes are to look at the salvation that God has given to us and the blessings that he abundantly showers on us hour by hour and day by day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. And so when we think about self-care, where does it begin? Final takeaway is this. Self-care begins with Christ's care. Self-care begins with Christ's care. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. When I think about our world trending in half-truths, where do I go and where do I look? I look to my Savior Jesus because I know I will find the truth. And where do I find guidance as I navigate all these things? I look to Jesus because he is the way, both in this life and in eternity. And so it is our prayer as a pastoral staff that through this series, it's been encouragement to your walk of faith. And especially today as we consider self-care, where does that begin? It begins with Christ. So may God bless you and strengthen you as you continue to strive for that day when he will call you home. Amen. Let's close with a little prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. And we reflect upon your grace and mercy and just how much you love us and how near and dear we are to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you live the life of perfect self-care. And by your victory, you now give it to us, Lord. So bless us, Lord, uh, as we struggle with this, as we deal with this in our lives. Finally, Lord, bless our time this morning uh, to reflect upon your goodness and the many blessings. In your name, amen.